0: Welcome to the Mind for Success podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Leving, and I love seeing business professionals, leaders, and entrepreneurs have massive success in their businesses. Are you ready to reach a higher level in your business? Are you looking to rise to the top and break through the barriers that are holding you back? If this is you, Join us on the Mind for Success podcast as I interview other business professionals, leaders, and entrepreneurs who share their success stories with you. We're going to talk about tapping into your highest potential to easily achieve your highest goals. Before we begin, remember to subscribe and hit the notification button right now so you will be notified of every new episode. Take a deep breath and listen up. You're about to embark on a successful journey to help you break through to those higher levels of success. Now, welcome to the show. All right, welcome to the Mind for Success podcast. I am your host, Kimberly Leving and today I am super excited to introduce JB Andrews. He's with Stark and Associates. Um, I met JB through a networking group that he leads and uh, I just love what he does. He's uh, he's trained sales so if you're not familiar with JB or with Stark and Associates. The, he's a sales trainer, sales and leadership development. Um, they've been in the St. Louis area for over 22 years, and they s- consult with small to mid-sized businesses. And what uh, attracted me to J.B. and what he does is he also works with clients and loves the manufacturing and distribution construction space. And I do too. That's a side of my business. I don't talk about on the podcast a lot, but I also love that space. So that's, that's what made us connect. So welcome JB to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Um definitely looking forward to the conversation. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I love starting this way. I love to hear like, what, what made you decide to do what you're doing? What brought you into uh, Stark and Associates? Um. There's definitely
1: a longer version. The short version is the fact that my mom was involved in the business. Uh, so I got involved as an intern, you know, just in college, doing front work, cold calls, worked elsewhere. My mentor at the time, who's actually my boss, pointed me in, in the direction of looking back at Stark and looking at joining the team, where joined back, I guess now it's been six years. So 2017. Came on board. And uh, I guess the thing that I like the most about it is it that it's very similar to your world with the fact that we're not necessarily selling a direct product where all our clients are very different, um, very diverse in the industries to even the individuals that for me, I really have enjoyed, I guess, that spontaneousness of mm. the business. It kind of keeps you guessing.
0: Yeah, I can totally relate to that because that's one of the things I love also. So no two clients are the same. Exactly. (laughs) And the roadmap (laughs) is never the same either. It's similar, but it's not the same.
1: I mean, I was just going to say, especially if you're in the same industry, there's going to be a lot of similarities, but the companies are different in the personalities and individuals. I think that's what makes it fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. It does. Different problems, different problems, different solutions. So yeah. Yeah, I sure. love it. I love it. And I'd love to talk. So what brought you into the manufacturing and construction uh, piece? Because I think that's an unusual niche for a lot of people. I was thinking about that, just reflecting about me and that that's because I narrowed it down even to roofers specifically. So uh, so what, what made you decide to niche down on that?
1: So it wasn't something, I guess, like off the bat. Again, I've been with Stark now for six years. Manufacturing has always been a big industry for us overall, just for folks that we've worked with. And over time, when I started to look back at kind of two full clients I've worked with and clients that I enjoyed working with from their business, the individuals. And I noticed I had a lot of similarities. I'm pretty simple from the fact I like being outdoors, hunting, fishing that aspect. And in that blue collar space from the manufacturing to construction, there's a lot of good old girls and good old guys. Uh, So I think part of it was just my natural similarities gravitating that side. And then also just when I looked back at a lot of my exposure, that was where a lot of my network and even development of my clients at that time were. So I guess it was just overall natural. wasn't Necessarily, the fact that I dead set I'm going to target that, uh, right? Over time, ended up gravitating towards it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could say it's the same for me, and it's also because of my upbringing. I grew up on a farm, so I Missouri, and so it's same similar similar around the same sort of people, and I love working with them. So I don't know if there's a comfortability with that that goes along with that, but. Yeah, yeah, and my husband hunts and fishes too. So
1: (laughs) So there's that commonality there to say the least.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, uh, what kind of challenges are you seeing in the market with companies?
1: So, I mean, the biggest one is labor. Doesn't matter which one you're looking at, whether manufacturing, construction, technology, startup, or long-term veteran-based company. I mean, the issue there is just twofold. One, you have people retiring. You have a younger generation that may not have the necessary skill sets. The other side is still in the construction manufacturing supply chain of just mm. it's been in- impacted twofold Other their products are increasing in price to also then just delay on lead times, which is impacting overall projects or delivery of products. I think at a high level, those are kind of the main two issues we're seeing out there. But also at the same time, a lot of companies are still growing like crazy, doing really well. Based with the environment of what we're seeing of a said recession and all the stuff that you're hearing from the Great Resignation and that. Strength.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, brought, I'm glad you brought that up because that was going to be. What are your thoughts on the Great Resignation?
1: I mean, there's obviously an, an issue there. From the side of it's not just one industry. And it initially happened right after COVID, where we just right. thought it was because people didn't want to return back to work. But I think it really is the main thing of what we're seeing there is the combination of just older generations are starting to retire. We have newer generations that are starting to move up. So it's kind of that combination of age groups. Um, and I think the thing that we're seeing there that is cool is that a lot of companies are starting to like self-promote from within and Uh career path. Not necessarily looking at you're getting promoted in the next year, but here's John or Jane who's been with the company for three years, done a great job. Let's talk to them about where they see their future, what their goals are from a personal, professional, financial side. And is there a space in the company for that individual to grow, even if it's in a separate department from where they are today? I think that's something we've seen a lot of our clients in this company starting to do because in that way, they're building out like that bench. So when they need to have, I'm just throwing out a job title, of VP of sales or a head of marketing or someone in HR, they could have John or Jane that's been with the company for years that they can promote there. And it's a win-win. The company is then developing and growing while then the internal person most likely is reaching goals for, for a personal professional financial level. So I think at a high level, that's what we're seeing. But it's also it's in every industry. It's not holding right. off against just one or the other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I see that retaining and you said this and not so many words, but the retaining of employees is way more important. And really, that's that's somewhat the only choice they have, because I know finding 100%. people finding people is is tough right now.
1: 100%. In the battle, what we hear all the time is, well, I can't lose this person. And if I let them go because they may not be performing, then I have no one in that territory or no one there where there's just so many different angles that this is coming from. Right. Where you hit the nail on the head of retaining really good talent is what people are focused on right now, which is obviously easier said than done.
0: Right. Right, right. I've seen uh, some of the companies that I work with even move salespeople that maybe sales wasn't their thing. Yeah, man, and move them into the more more of the production side totally. or you know, something else. So, so it's it's interesting to see how people have been navigating this.
1: And it's and it goes even the other way. If people that were internal on you know project management, technician, or even assistants moving them into sales. I think a lot of people are becoming more open to that type of an aspect and not just hiring this individual for this role, looking at what, like, where can we move the chess pieces? Right. Because they're having to get more strategic, quite honestly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it all goes into how can we retain people and keep them on because, and I'm sure you've seen this too. I mean, there's been I know one of the companies I've worked with this past year where they hired people and literally the guys didn't even show up. Yeah. Like they didn't show up for their first day. There was no text. There was no call. There was, they just didn't show up.
1: I've heard that from multiple people. And that's one thing we can't put a finger on what's happening or why it's happening, but there just seems to be a lot of odd occurrences with that. And then even the big battle on, do we bring people back in office? Do we just do Zoom? Do we do a hybrid? Do we hire people from within the hometown or do we hire remote? That whole now dynamic, I think it's just playing into, again, kind of that tug of war we're seeing with the said great resignation.
0: Right. So so let's talk a little bit about what you do um, when you go in and work with a company, some of the strategies that you help implement that that keeps them, that helps them retain their employees and helps keep them on board?
1: Well, so a big part of it, because that's a great question, um, and there's a lot of angles you could go, but specifically when looking at retention, one of the first questions we ask is, what are we doing with goal setting? Like, not just as a company, but with the personal individual. Of um, A lot of the times what you see in organizations, like this from the quota, we're going to grow by X percent. And John, Jane, Dave, and you know, uh, Stacy, here's your quota. Where we like to try to reverse that. Let's have your individuals set up their goals. Whether it's from a sales side, or you're in marketing, or you're in accounting, what are your personal, professional, financial goals in the next three, five plus years? And then break it down specifically to the next year. And how does that pertain to your role? What has to happen? Really, from a success standpoint, for that to be true, whether it's vacation or whether it's financial or whether it's spending time with your kids, then connecting that to the individual and let's say for a sales role, the number that they're going to potentially want to target for that year. Where from a retention side, because if you help people fulfill their personal needs, I know that sounds a little bit corny, but if you help people fulfill their personal needs, they're most likely going to be happier as an individual and then also happier in their role so at a high level like in short i'd say that's where we're helping with retention but also at the same side a lot of companies don't know what they don't know um, they've grown from solo preneurship to now they have a 10 plus million dollar company or they've gone from you know 50 million to a couple hundred million A lot of companies simply lack the strategy and structure from a hiring onboarding side. What I mean by that is, do we have a 30, 60, 90 hiring template in place? What does that plan look like for onboarding? Do we have a like tried and true and built out plan for hiring as in job description, our must-haves, nice-to-haves, et cetera, in regards to the hire? Do we have a clear interview process? I guess there's just a lot of moving pieces there. So often, especially what we see right now, is people are moving quick in hiring. They see someone, they feel like they have to grab them, which is true. Right. People that are top talent, they are going to get grabbed quick, but it's the old saying of you want to hire, slow, fire, fast, where it's kind of getting back to having that physical system built down for what criteria they're going to weigh how they're going to interview, what they're going to be looking for in the individuals, and then having a plan for those individuals once they they do get hired, that's another way that you lose top talent if you don't give them the support when they get brought on board. The training internally, training to support overall, showing them how, what they need to do and expectations and giving them those stepping stones for their role. I think those, like, in simple terms, is a lot of just where we work for folks from, like, a retention side.
0: Right. And I I feel like a lot of these smaller companies, they don't have those things in place. And so, you know, I'm I'm seeing stuff like prior to pandemic where they're, you know, putting stuff out on Indeed or, you know, whatever site, you know, looking for people. And it just doesn't work the way it used to.
1: I mean, that's something that's so true. And I don't know what is adding to it. But it's true, like the old sources of like using Indeed and going through that way just necessarily isn't working like it once did. Where a lot of the success, it's simple terms, but it's the referral based. Who within right. the company knows who or getting the word out. And that tends yeah. to be where folks are finding success. But overall, it's still a struggle.
0: Yeah, yeah. So having a plan, having some structure to your onboarding is really, um, in this day and age, I don't know how you would do it without it.
1: Well, one hundred percent. And if you look at the younger generations, a lot of them are looking for a path of "I'm here. Where am I going to go?" As for the company, as for my role, as for my future, what am I working towards? And as I mentioned, they want the support there, whether that's internal, outs, uh, external training, or even having mentors internally. They want the support Mm -hmm. on how they're going to get there. Where it's a lot different than in prior generations my way or the highway of just kind of let them run flying by the seat of their pants they kind of want to be for lack of better terms as they always say about the millennials handheld yeah and I I mean that with like a grain of salt of more show me what I need to do and help me understand how I need to get there than let me go and do it
0: yeah yeah I agree I, I feel like there needs to be more of a sense of purpose behind whatever it is they're doing exactly Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Those days of just showing up and doing the job are kind of gone. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. I think we have a lot of the same philosophies as far as when we work with companies, just a completely different what you do and what I do are completely different. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's a good compliment. So what um, we talked a little bit about strategy. Let's go a little bit deeper in that and not as far as retaining employees, but just where where does growth come from in, in the companies that you're working with? Like, how do you help them do that?
1: So it really depends, because um, obviously growth can come in many different facets. And what we often see is whether it's a company that's at five million or that 500 million. And let's just say, for example, they have a goal to grow by 150 percent in three to five years. The first place we tend to start with is, where is that growth going to come from? Mm. Is it organic in your current market? Are you breaking into a new geographical market? Are we going to grow through acquisition? a new product or service we're taking to the market? And a lot of this stuff sounds simple, but from there, it's almost in what is your go-to market plan based on that high-level strategy, as in what's our territory and account plans? Who are we targeting? How are we targeting from a sales side? What's our system and the process that we're going to use to manage to that growth? So at a high level, a lot of it is building out just the targets, what we're right. doing, where we're going, and how we're spending our time, and then looking at the structure of the organization. How are we going to manage to that growth? And then aiding and even what we were just saying in the career pathing. So if we're going to grow to hundred million, what roles are we gonna need within the organization that we don't have today? Could be, we're gonna need a new head of marketing. We're gonna need an inside sales team or an outside sales team. How are we gonna start potentially potent- building that out internally or even putting the word out there to hire externally? So a, a lot of it ties back to, while what, the bulk of what we do is training, a lot of it comes back to, again, just from the sales side, the strategy of how we're going to grow, how we're going to ex- execute on that growth and how we're going to manage that growth.
0: Yeah, and it, it sounds like, and because when I think of Stark and Associates, just from, I mean, they've been around forever, 22 years, right? So I, I have friends that have been through the program with different companies and they all speak so highly of it. It sounds like you do more than just sales. Like there's a lot of, it. it's not just, you know, go in and give people a sales pitch. There's a lot more thought behind that.
1: Yes. Again, like to put that short, like we always say we're sales and leadership development specialists. So we train, coach, develop and consult with businesses anywhere along the lines of inside sales, outside sales, customer service, marketing, senior management to sales management. So at a high level, we end up working kind of across the board, but our core function correlates to individuals that tend to be touching or around sales.
0: Right, right, right. Um, and me too,
1: <laughs> with, with the, sales, yeah, of course.
0: the sales piece, because well, honestly, they're the ones that bring the business in. They're the ones that feed the company. So if you don't have that piece of it right,
1: And and the biggest thing, if you look at today's world with technology, like it's always the the tug of war that you saw in the past of like marketing versus sales. Um, Marketing isn't getting the good enough leads or sales isn't good enough at this. And with what you have with websites and just everything that's out there, apps, it's almost like now more than ever, we need to have that common language across the board. And that's one thing we're seeing with a lot of our clients while we're working with, not just the sales team, but working with marketing departments, working with HR, working with customer Mm -hmm. service, even with the accounting side so that they at least understand the common language, the message across the team, because then there's, it's common. There's no misconception. I think that's something in the past, it was very siloed. And I think now companies are starting to become more, I guess, as one.
0: They need to work together. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you see, just because I'm just interested, like how do you see the marketing and the sales teams working together?
1: Well, so if you really look at like, and this is interesting based on the the question on why I like the construction space, it's the analogy of fishing. Marketing is you are fishing or like you're hunting, you're -hmm. casting the line or you're casting the net. All you're doing is you're putting out a message, bait, to a large group with hope to drive that singular sales conversation. So like the sales conversation doesn't begin until you have that fish on the line.
0: Right. Right. So the
1: idea is why they need to be the same is just the marketing is driving the sales conversation where if they're not on the same page of what the message is, really what the pain, the need of your clients is, not necessarily how great your product is, what the features are, but what are the issues that your client base are facing that are going to drive the individual sales conversation? Because if you ask people to look at and make a list of what are the three things in your life that you need right now, what are three things in your life that you want? There's either a big enough need that they're gravitating towards that need, but more often than not, their gut goes towards the want. Hmm.
0: And
1: so the concept is people are going to buy products or services because they want it. That's never going to go away. But people typically move towards a need when there's a big enough pain or a big enough pleasure, a gain. So getting back to this from a from sales side, if your marketing team is conveying a message that is correlating to your ideal client base's potential needs, that's going to drive the conversations for the outside and the inside sales team or even the messaging to your client base so that then they know when I'm dealing with X, ABC company is the one that can help me with it, not the feature and benefit of this product can do why. Here's why you need us. Focusing more on what are their physical needs and then how does the product service, etc. mitigate or help that.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Um, I think it's so important for them to be on the same. I mean, they have to be on the same page. It's got to be congruent. It's got to be congruent.
1: Well, and it's also, if you look at, and I forget where this stat comes from, but it's over 60% of the buyer's decision is made before they even sit down with you or have a conversation. Mm. That's just because of, you have Google reviews, you have Yelp, you can go on LinkedIn and see, oh, you're connected to Dave, let me reach out to see what he knows or she knows about them. Go on their website, there might be testimonials, there might be trials, there's so much information out there. Again, getting back to why we need commonalities across the board to help aid, because now it's that those help aid and drive the sales conversations for better or for worse.
0: Right. Totally. So, so going, I mean, it's beginning of the year. If you're listening, it's January, January 4th is when we're recording this. (laughs) Um, And I, so I'm curious, like if you could give one piece of advice for a small company that's wanting to grow in 2023,
1: what would that be? I mean, this sounds simple, but it's focused on what you're good at and build a plan mm-hmm. around it. Um, so often, specifically with small companies, is that they're scaling based on, like, if you look at the trade world, because they're good at the trade, they're good at what they're doing. Yeah. So it's focus on what you're good at and then develop structure around it. And I'm not talking about like micromanagement, but again, we can't control the results. But if you build somewhat of a goal of, let's say you're 1 million in revenue or less, you want to double that. Well, what is that going to look like? Like, what are the physical activities, the behaviors, the conversations, et cetera, we're going to be doing to drive it? And then also do the same thing internally for your people. What's like get, getting back to that goal side? What, what right. are their goals? Connecting to their goals. And developing out like the stepping stones, it's a plan um, for the company there. I know it sounds so simple, but so often with companies, we see them, they throw spaghetti at the wall, hoping things are gonna stick, or they try to break into this new piece of product or service because they see this big area for expansion, where it's almost like, let's before we change the wheel, let's develop a very strong, um, well-manufactured wheel. And that's the core focus of their business for where they're finding success today. Once you get a well-oiled machine there, then we can start to branch off. So it's in simple terms, set a small goal, set up a small plan for it, work on that with your team and, you know, develop or adjust from there in in easier terms.
0: (laughs) Right. And I know you have, we had talked before, um, you had a free like a resource for people um, to you know, check out, and I'm going to put the link in there, but do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yes, yeah, so in, in short, it's a link that you can follow. Um, it's the acronym Cell. It's really a learning management platform through Sandler. So you're going to have access to some micro-learning videos, um, some quick training videos that, long story short, they are along the lines of sales and leadership. Development um, from anything that could be skill based, could be goal based, or attitude based as a whole. And I believe, did we by chance put in a um, disc in that, or no? Uh, no,
0: but I can add it. So okay, if you have something and you want to send it to me. So go ahead and talk about that, and you can send it to me. We'll add. Yeah, I was just gonna it. say, we'll so,
1: so we also do a lot with assessments.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: specifically, disc is one of them. A lot of folks are probably familiar with the assessment. Where in short, it helps us understand why we behave the way we do, why we make decisions the way we do, and why and how we prefer to communicate from the side of everyone's different. We have people that are like us, we have people that are different than us, where this helps us with current employees, co-workers, friends, family. Um, so long story short, we're going to offer out um, folks to take an assessment and I'll as well do a quick. 30 minute review with them. So I can get that link over to you. Um for anyone that wants to take it, feel free. And then once we get the report back, I'll, I'll reach out to get some stuff scheduled.
0: Awesome. And I, I will add um, if you want to connect with JD, it's on okay. LinkedIn. I'll have that link in there as well. And I just want to encourage everyone to, you know, check out what he has, check out what he has to offer um, if you are in a business that's in a growth mode, you're ready to grow. Uh, this may be a good, make sense next step for you. Um, but if not, take advantage of the freebies. So connect with JB.
1: Of course. No, what? I really appreciate, excuse me, appreciate you having me. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure. So thanks all for listening. And thanks JB for being on today.
1: Of course. Thank you.
0: Thank you for being a part of the Mind for Success podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, I wanna invite you to go check out a free training that I have at 4hourresults.live. It's a training that I have on how you can increase your sales, move yourself or your team into massive action, and break through the plateau of your growth. And again, that free training can be found at 4hourresults.live. I hope you found massive value in listening today. Please always leave your comments, feedback, or questions. We check them all, and I want you to go achieve massive success and make sure you join us again next week. Have an amazing day.